episode of Let's Talk Deer, brought to you by Grandpa Ray Outdoors, owned by Mr. John O'Brien. John's a Midwestern guy. He's around the Midwestern, Wisconsin area. He's been an agronomist uh, for over 29 years. So he knows seed, he knows soil, and he knows what white-tailed deer need. John has a large seed company, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, but also he's in educating. He's one of the best educator seminar platform speaker uh, communicator for soil water and cover the soil brings the food the water hydrates and the cover keeps them safe so that's what whitetail needs so any questions at all about seed go to grandparayoutdoors.com let's talk deer does receive compensation from grandpa ray outdoors for mention him on my show Bruce Hutchin, host of Let's Talk Deer, and I'm pleased to have John O'Brien. John O'Brien is the sponsor of Let's Talk Deer, and he represents, he's the CEO and president of Grimper Ray Outdoors. John, welcome to the show. So I did the introduction, and this is John O'Brien. We had a little technical difficulties there. Sorry about that, folks. But we're going to talk about the difference of north and south when it comes to food plots. John, take it away. Yeah, we're about the end of July, and a lot of the food plotters in the northern climates are about ready to go or just starting. We got until about June 1st, and uh, the, the far northern reaches, uh, you know, June 1st. I probably misspoke. Uh, we got until about <laughs> uh, uh, September 1st. Yeah, uh, we got until about September 1st in the northern reaches, uh, September 15th, and kind of the transition zone. And then again, the guys in the deep south, they usually don't start until we get into September, middle of September through middle of October. So guys in the north, um, you know, this is the time for spraying off. If you get weeds, um, we, you know, spray off a of glyphosate or more and more of my customers are trying to get away from Roundup using things like uh, 2,4-D, 2,4-DB for broadleaves, them for grasses, spray off your food plots, wait a week, and then it's go time for planting. So a lot of people get nervous. We have some time. We got over a month's worth of time to get these food plots in. The one thing that comes up that I just want to remind people is when's an ideal time to plant? Uh, most uh, food plot forages, fall plantings will mature in 60 days. When's the first uh, for killing frost in your area? I ask people. In my area here in South Central Wisconsin, it's October 1st, come back. 60 days from then, your magic date every year would be around August 10th or so, you know, to be planting food plots. So, you know, August 1st, August 15th is a great time as you go a little bit farther south. You know, like I said, as you could be uh, still effective in the middle of September to get these food plots in. And, um, and again, we you know Grandpa Ray's, we sell a diverse amount of mixes for the northern guys, but a lot of the same mixes that work good in the north also work good in the south we just got some different planning dates involved according to where you live so when you think about it you're in wisconsin so how much different is it um for the people up above uh i think it's highway 24 that goes from green bay to eau claire right so if you're north of that line then do you advance it and get it in a little bit earlier or is it the same as southern wisconsin help me out with that yeah, we usually look at 10 to 14 days earlier. So that's where, uh, even though on my bags and my recommendations generally are don't plant before um, August 1st, 
Um, the guys farther up there, I mean, we especially with getting them, if you got enough timely rain and we're not looking at 90 to 100 degree temps, you know, we're we got guys starting now, like you know, July 24th, you know, in that kind of range, so we can go a little bit earlier. And but yet again, even if you don't plant till you know, August uh, 10th in those northern reaches, um, you know, we still got 45 you know, 50 days before, you know, probably a typical first killing frost. And a lot of these forages that we're planting in the fall uh, stay green, uh, you know, below 26 degrees, 10 degrees like the Winford brassicas and kale, uh, below zero on some of these annual clovers. So, you know, we got plenty of growth even in these northern areas, even if we don't get things in the ground for the next couple of weeks. So what, what should I be thinking? I'm in the north. Um, basically, um, I'm going to say north of Interstate 80, across basically across the country. What am I looking at of planning for the best yields and to be able to support my deer herd through the winter months? Yeah, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, we're different. We have a philosophy that we're I'm trying to get as much yield as we can. What causes the much yield as you can? Same factors that make most of these forges more palatable and attractive for deer. Genetics matter. Yields matter. Uh, you know, the, what we're looking at doing is my philosophy is we want to always plant something that tolerates hot, something that tolerates dry, something that tolerates wet, something that tolerates cold. No matter if you're looking at our frosty delight, fall draw, grains and greens, inner sanctum, you know, mass builder, no matter what mixes that you might find that were, that were offered by Grand Prairie Outdoors, they do really well pretty much in any area that you live in the United States. The genetics, diverse. Species, we got higher yielding. I'm not using the traditional average yielding rapes. Uh, we use uh, other newer improved genetics. We're not just using Ladino clovers with a little chicory like in some of your, your perennial blends. Um, we're also using multi-graze genetics. If the deer eat Winford Brassica, it'll throw more leaves. They eat it, it throws more leaves. We got multi-graze forage turnips that we use. The New Zealand, they'll graze cattle over them up to six rotations per year. So um, if you got a lot of deer numbers, we can handle some of this grazing pressure from the deer. So as far as like, well, what should you plant? We got many, many, many options. And the other part of the philosophy is don't just plant one mix. Don't just plant two mixes. You know, we might have clients that are planting six to eight different mixes throughout the, the year using strategy for your own soil, trying to put deer where we want them to be at the point in time we want them to be there, and, um, and also having philosophies whereas whatever we're planting now is going to benefit whatever we decide to plant next year. So bio. Diversity is a term I'd use, a diversity of species. Most mixes include six, eight different forages. And so no matter what Mother Nature throws at us, we got you covered. Less risk. I'm your food plot insurance agent. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So some right? – some some specific hints right now for the guys, you know, north of Interstate 80, let's say. Yeah. Like I said, you want to spray off your weeds. Um, if weeds are an issue, if weeds aren't a big issue, um, why spray? I mean, it's called integrated weed management. Spray when we have to. 
Uh, no, here's the other thing that I do bring up a lot. People tend to love the overwork the ground. They like to work it deep. Uh, the first time you ever work a food plot, I usually say to people, that's the deepest you ever want to work it. Uh, I believe in minimum tillage. So I have a number of different customers I tend to say, only work the ground one to two inches deep. Why is that? Well, a lot of weed seeds are in that third to fourth inch of in the soil profile. So, and the other part of that strategy is when guys work the ground really deep, especially going across with a tiller or a deep disc. You know what tends to happen? That ground gets really fluffed up. Guys broadcast the seed. They run over across that with a roller or a coal packer like all the experts tell people to do. Where does that seed end up when you're going across that really light and fluffy ground? Way too deep. Okay, okay, some people say, whoa, but then, whoa, John, that's why I coal pack. Work the ground nice and deep and fluff it up, and then I coal pack, then broadcast the seed over top. Then we don't get the seed too deep. Could be true, but you know what happens then? You're compacting the soil too much. Way too many people are compacting the soil. You don't have enough oxygen in the soil then. So my whole part of the strategy is to get people to work the ground shallower for agronomics, shallower to bring up less weed seeds, right? Takes less fuel, takes less power, don't need as big equipment, can spend more money on seed and fertilizer versus to spend a lot, a lot of money on that big equipment. So even the beginner, the first timer, the guy that doesn't have a lot of acreage and be like me, could have a plot master and a four-wheeler or maybe a four-wheeler broadcast uh, cedar, uh, spring, uh, you know, a drag harrow, lawn roller. Don't need to have a lot of equipment if you're not having to work the ground that deep. Something that more people need to consider. Yeah, because the food plots that turn, you know, suburban hunters and and property owners to turn them into farmers, and we really don't know what we're doing. For general term, generalization. Yeah, or they listen to the you know, the people that are experts in the wildlife industry that really don't have agronomic background. And again, even though Whitetail Rendezvous and, and, and Let's Talk Deer is sponsored by Grandpa Outdoors, there's, you and I know there's a lot of people in the industry that are promoting the seeds they are, and they're getting paid a lot of money to promote that seed. A lot and of seed. Like, a a, a and, lot and of my, money. And my deal is I don't know what I, what I don't know, but this has been my life since the early 90s. I know soil. I know forges. Nobody's paying me to promote or to do, my, do research. You name it. This is my life. And when I recommend something to somebody – Everybody in the wildlife industry knows how to make things work right, right? But what happens when Mother Nature comes into play, stuff happens, and you got failure? That's a whole different ball game. is how to get people back on the track or to maybe know some of the potential pitfalls, challenges. And that's the little thing with Grand Prairie Outdoors I kind of brought up. I'm like your food plot insurance agent. But even when it comes to educating, how to plant, how to, what to plant, where to plant, that's why I do so much education. I used to be a fireman years ago. I don't want to be a fireman. You know what, firemen? Firemen want people to have fire extinguishers. Firemen want to make sure their, their wiring is good. Everything's up to code. Firemen don't want to put out fires, right? They will if they have to, but that's my whole strategy. 
I'm trying to educate the wildlife industry so that you don't have to put out a fire and I don't have to put out a fire. Well said, John. Well said. So what about our brethren down south of the Mason-Dixon line? I kind of look at Interstate 80, south of Interstate 80, and we start getting into different temperatures, different soils, um, longer hunts. You know, in some states, uh, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Louisiana. I mean, you can go out and shoot a buck a day. You can shoot a deer a day, and the season's hell of a long time. You know, and they got yeah. so many deer because the cover, I mean, it's a zoo. It's not a zoo, but it's... Yeah. yeah, so like we have, a, you know, we have some, a number of different mixes. Almost anything, I, pretty much any seed mix I sell is also planted in the Deep South. Some people I've heard say, John, you're from Wisconsin. How, why would your stuff work? Because a lot of the seed comes from New Zealand. Where's New Zealand? Southern Hemisphere. What kind of weather do they have in New Zealand? Very similar in the southern United States. So we're using Winford, Nebraska, multi-grace forage turnips. We're using a lot of genetics that actually, believe it or not, does better in the south than in the north at times. So we're using mixes like our grains and greens and our fall draws. And, and you know, my new gold product, I got a southern version of it where we're using a southern adapted, southern developed by University of Georgia alfalfa, using an everlasting clover and some different mixes that's, that does really well down south. So what our strategy in, with the guys down south is plant stuff that yields, plant stuff that, that tolerates hot and dry, plant stuff that's multi-graze, you know, the deer eat it, it regrows, because there's a lot of these guys in the south, as you mentioned, that, um, you know, that the, they really draw on the deer when they do do their food plots. And so you need to have as much feed, as much tonnage, but also, we need to make that feed last from middle of September through, in some cases, um, you know, middle of February, early March before they restart their early spring plantings. We need the we need the groceries there. Now, we talked earlier about the the soil composition and compaction of the soil and sandy soils, um, and we know in the South they got a lot of they got a lot of sandy soils. There are some sections of Georgia that um, they call it the Black Forest. Or I can't think of the correct name, but it's, you know, perfecto, you know, soil, as good as they have in Iowa or other places up north. But when you think of that, how can you help people? How can Grandpa Ray Outdoors help people decide, okay, here's my plan, okay, not just for for this year, but the three-year cycle. What's your advice to those people? Yeah, the big thing is, is like even basic concepts that I, I used a lot of annual clovers, or I'm using a lot of diversity. Uh, people are you know, really worried about liming, right? And their soil pH is dropping. Well, guess what? If we don't use as much dry fertilizer, if we don't need to, if we can plant more annual forages that fixate their own nitrogen, we're giving back to the soil. We don't have to use as much urea, as much nitrogen in subsequent plantings. Um, I also got a lot of different guys that are using my foyer plant foods, my liquid seed starter, my foyer. So it's the nutrients absorbed rapidly through the roots and the starter, liquid starter, absorbed rapidly through the leaves with my liquid foyer. So we're able to get by without using as much dry. We also are gonna be releasing, we're testing a product that's going really well 
that we'll be releasing the general public for the guys that don't want to use dry fertilizer. They just want to use liquid. Guess what? Big advantages. Healthier soil. We have uh, less drop in soil pH. So when people reach out to me, I'm like, well, do we want to? Do you want to consider what are you doing? What have you done in the past? What's your goals? Ask about ten different questions. Hey, as part of this thing you want to do, would you want to use less dry fertilizer? Would you consider moving to a liquid program? No matter what your strategy you use, whether it be dry or liquid, we want to be using forges, forge blends. They're going to have a purpose. Reducing fertilizers in the future. Things people don't understand, they don't think about. Radishes, turnips, rutabagas, those bulbs, they suck up nutrients after they've started growing, right? The deer eat the tops off, but if they don't consume all the bottoms, that's full of nutrients. Those nutrients, when they re-rot back next spring, they, they become more, they become um, accessible again to the roots and the forages. So really what you just did is by planting some of these fall brassicas with the, the bulb heavy mixes, you just basically in essence are using or creating a time release fertilizer, right? And, and so, you know, that's one thing. And also some of the forges that Grand Parade uses, they get, you know, they, they basically reduce weed growth in future crops. So you don't have to use as much herbicides, which is healthier from the soil. And I got customers that are moving towards trying to either be organic or at least as natural as they can be with their food plotting. And again, that's why I, that's how I thrive. That's why when I help create plans and a vision, working one-on-one -on -one with people, putting things on paper, using all the technology like Onyx Maps, Hunt Stand, soil samples, pictures they provide, and in some cases, when I get on these properties around the United States, it helps me basically, what I'm really doing is like with farmers, they hire crop consultants. Almost every progressive farmer that plants corn and beans has a crop consultant, right? I'm a food plot consultant in essence. I'm helping people create plans, just like crop consultants do for farmers, but my focus and target is the average food plotter. Folks, if you have questions, John can be reached at? Uh, my website is www.grandprairieoutdoors.com. Email is O-B-R-I-O-N-A-G at gmail.com. Phone number is 608-235-0628. You can find me, um, at O'Brien Egg at Twitter. I blog on there on occasion. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube. I'll be putting more YouTube videos. I mean, there's probably 60-some out there now, but we'll be adding more as we go this fall. Grand Prairie Outdoors, uh, there's a Grand Prairie Outdoors uh, YouTube channel as well. A lot of places you can find me and my education. Now, for people who want to um, get the insider scoop, you have something called Team Grow. Tell people about that. Yeah, it's $25 a year. They can pay for that on my website. Uh, you get 10% off all your orders. You get access to private member mixes. You won't find them on the website. You got to be a member. Basically, you're part of my research team. One, two, maybe three years in advance, you get access to this new forges we're testing, new blends we're testing. Get a monthly newsletter. You get other member-only specials. End of the year, when we have return seed from dealers, you guys as a Team Juro members get access to it. 
get access to the private Facebook page, Team Juro Education Series, where I don't have to edit. I could just tell you and show my research, show things that I don't want to hand to the wildlife industry. Bruce, you and I know very few wildlife companies do any of their own research. You know that there's a lot of companies that are changing their strategies. And then you know what? I hand a lot of stuff to people, but I don't hand everything to people. So that's where I put it, my private page. So, you know, guys like you, the hardcore guys, or guys that are new, no matter what your experience, you get to hear the unedited John, which is different <laughs> than the, what you see for the public consumption. There you go. John, final thoughts, and I know you get you got a lot of orders to fulfill, so you got to get out of here, but final thoughts for the uh, the listeners of Let's Talk Deer with John O'Brien from Grandpa Ray Outdoors. Yeah, um, my whole thing is with food plotting, do better before doing more. Don't just think about the now, consider the future. When you're listening to experts, don't be afraid to ask questions and challenge them. Before you buy seed, don't be afraid to ask for a tag or what's in there. I might be the only wildlife company in the wildlife industry that if you go on my website, you can see what's actually in the blend. Either that means I'm crazy or I don't or I believe in total transparency. So again, know what you're buying, have a strategy, and why not buy a bag with added value? Instead of just buying something that's got a pretty bag with a deer on it, why don't you buy from somebody such as myself where you can call or email anytime and get a consultant that his whole life is involved with soil, forges, and deer. That's my Giro challenge. Why not, Grandpa Race? And with that, folks, thanks again, John O'Brien from Let's Talk There. This is your host, Bruce Hutchins, saying go out and make it a fantastic day.